Welcome to this week's podcast with me, Mark Cripp. Now, there seems to have been a bit of recognition this week in just how long the hospitality sector is going to be affected by this crisis. First in and last out seems to be pretty much the expectation. And that's tough news to process for many operators. But we are a resilient and a creative bunch. Much of people's headspace now seems to be shifting from how do we close, minimise outgoings, furlough and pay the team, to what on earth does reopening look like? And if we can't reopen, how do we pivot and do something to pay both the personal mortgages and business costs until we can reopen viably? Quite probably for many reopening venues with only 50% capacity due to physical distancing, that could be worse than just staying closed. And this is very tough information to process. It's particularly tough due to the unknown nature. Most entrepreneurial business owners are very used to having to make decisions and plans quickly, but what we are not used to is not being able to implement any of these plans until the government says we can, and that frankly the information we are using to make those plans is changing on a daily basis. And even if the government do say that technically we are allowed to reopen, what are the public actually going to want to happen, and are they going to want to sit in a restaurant or bar for the foreseeable future? So it's with that sort of complicated backdrop that I caught up with this week's guest, Michael Bremner, winner of Great British Menu and owner of two restaurants in Brighton. Michael was incredibly honest and reflective in our chat, and I thank him for being so. It can be tricky as a business leader to walk the tightrope of staying positive and motivated and wanting to say the right things for our team and our customers, whilst also actually being realistic enough to understand that we are not instantaneously going to return to normal when lockdown is over. Now, I'm a very positive, deludedly optimistic human myself, so it can be very tricky to have what could be perceived as slightly pessimistic conversations. So let's call this chat realistic rather than pessimistic. I think overall, Michael, and I believe I will ultimately keep and open our businesses in some guise. It's just the time period that is the variable. And that's some of what we chat about, and I hope it's useful. For those not in the industry, just to know what is going on, and for those in the industry to know that we really are all in this together and are all racking our brains about the best way to come out of this and when and how and almost if to reopen. I also feel I really have to mention a beautifully written article that came out this week in the New York Times. Gabriel Hamilton from Prune Restaurant in New York talks about her journey over the past few weeks in a very emotional and raw way that really is worth a read. It replicates almost word for word the experience so many restaurant operators have had since this pandemic started. I will put a link to the article in the show notes online with this episode. And talking of online, if any of you can become a Patreon supporter of this podcast, it really would be hugely appreciated. Since closing my restaurants, I've had to lose the research, production, editing and marketing support that my personal business was paying for with this podcast. However, there's some cost I cannot get rid of, so hosting, editing, recording and kit fees do have to be paid. So if you can donate a fiver or a tenner, just a couple of coffees or a couple of beers, then please head over to humansofhospitality.co.uk, click on the Patreon link at the top, and that would be appreciated. Whilst you're there, pop in your email address for a weekly newsletter with the details of each new episode. Okay, thanks again so much for listening, and please enjoy this week's conversation with Michael. Michael Bremner, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the podcast today. Hugely appreciate you taking the time. Um, we've chatted before, but for those who haven't listened to that episode or, or don't know you, and they should, obviously, from the telly box and your great British <laughs> menu history, but um, can you just tell us about your your restaurants and where you're based in the world, please, Michael? Yeah, I'm based in Brighton, and I have um, 64 Degrees, uh, which is a small 20-seater restaurant. And I have Marmar on Brighton Beach, which is a bit bigger. Yeah, perfect. And uh, obviously, all closed. All closed, yeah. All shut down. Yeah. So, going back to when this started, I suppose, you're probably a little bit like me in the fact you're in a, a coastal town. So, I'm guessing you're sort of, you know, busier in the summer than you are in the winter. So, I'm, I'm imagining that in March, you were, you know, recruiting and prepping and getting ready for a a busy season. When did you sort of come to terms or, or, or get the gist of, of what was about to happen? And, uh, you know, we could sort of see it unraveling slowly from China, this, 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 you know, 
virus that we were being told about? When did it hit home that it was going to actually have an impact on you? Um, I kind of went through a stage of business went horrendous. Well, to be fair, winter in Brighton has been pretty horrific. Mama was has not has not done that well down the beach. You know, it's not a it's not the kind of place where I go up to when it's raining and stormy. You know, it's more of the sort of sunshine and people go down there. So um, I had had a few conversations with the team then just regarding the staff situation and how, you know, it was, it was pretty dire that we were focusing on just sort of kind of surviving until summer came, really. And then um, it was mainly 64 degrees that there was a sort of point in time where Again, business has sort of gone down. The conversation of the whole coronavirus had come out, and I think Brighton was the first place that it, I might be wrong saying this, but I believe it was the first place it hit originally. Some guy came over from France, or he was somewhere, then he went to France, then he came over and he lived in Brighton. And it was a bit of a conversation about it then. No one was really panicking, but there was it, there was a definite change, if you like, in the, in the sort of business. And I had said to the team, on the day, where um, Boris Johnson has told people to avoid restaurants and pubs. That day, before he had said that, I sat down with my whole team and I said, listen, I think things are going to get pretty rough and I need to adjust what's happening and I don't want to be in a position where um, I need to lay people off or get rid of anyone. So we'll just try and work out the hours correctly and we'll just try and work as, you know, stick together as a team really. I just like to comfort everyone that I had their back and I was, I was going to do my best. As much as, you know, obviously, you know, keeping the restaurant was my main priority. Like if I didn't have that, no one would have a job. But in the same thought process, I was trying to, com- I was trying to, you know, comfort everyone to say like, I will do my utmost to make sure that everyone keeps their job. Um, for whatever that would take. And um, so I, I kind of came up with a little strategy to try and maximize people coming in. So reducing the time that we were open, but maximizing the times that we were busy so more staff could work. It, it kind of, it made sense. And um, then that night, you know, I kind of, it was exactly on that night that it, he said, so there was a bit, obviously there was a lot of conversation previous to that when he shut everything down that the coronavirus was out and all sorts of things. But that night, just when he said to avoid restaurants and bars, it was it was that week that just sort of all came crumbling down, you know? Like, we did absolutely no one. But the, the amount of, you know, it would have made more sense for them to, to have closed, if they closed the restaurants, to do the, the lockdown then. Because the damage it did to business, well, certainly to myself, was... I lost, and I know it doesn't really matter now, but at the time, everyone cancelled um, big bookings. Everyone cancelled parties, and you know it just—it was just like you—you you were looking at the uh, res diary, and it was just like vanishing in front of your eyes, you know. And um, that was such a stressful moment. Like before, in lockdown, I'll be honest, it's everyone's in the same boat, you know. You're kind of in limbo. It's kind of like we're in this position, but I'm not, I mean, I'm stressed, but I'm not like, I'm just in a, you know, there's not much I can do about it right now. What I'm freaking out about, or what I was freaking out about, is when they said, right, no one go to restaurants or pubs. No one was coming in, but I still had bills to pay. I still had a, I still had uh, 40 staff members to look after. And there was no understanding of how long things are going to work for, things will be closed for, and all sorts of things. And I genuinely thought, at that moment, I'd lost everything. And, you know, yeah, and me, that, and me that, like, that was a tough week. yeah, and like everyone else, which I'm sure I said this in the podcast previously, is that if, if people, I believe, people that open restaurants, they put their heart and soul into it. You know, it's not like, it's not like, oh well, I'll just I'll chuck a couple of quid at it and see what happens. Like you genuinely give it your life, and for it to be taken away like that, it's it's destroying. But then this point in time, you kind of get a chance to clear your head. You know, I'm, I'm working on a few ideas and things and, you know, hopefully I'm going to get into the restaurant and do a bit of redecorating and all that sort of stuff. 
um, and to kind of use my time wisely. But then what I'm really freaking out about is when lockdown gets lifted and there's no vaccine or anything like that and everyone's still not coming out and you still got bills to pay. I, I, yeah, I share that a hundred percent and we'll come back to that a little bit. I also share your, you started by just explaining how tough a winter it had been and that, that, you know, that you weren't alone in that. I think anybody on the coast, Kiara, George, Dennis, you know, I could list off all of these storms that we got battered by over the, uh, over yeah. the winter and they all came at a weekend, didn't they? I'm sure you know that most people don't remember, but none of them came on a Tuesday. Mm. They all came on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we were yeah, limping out of the winter ourselves, sort of, you know, just hanging on for dear life. And and the timing wise, it was just before Mother's Day, wasn't it? So I'm guessing yeah. you were probably similar. Fair few booked in for, for yeah, Mother's Day weekend. And like, it was the first sunny weekend of the year. Yeah, we had like a hundred booked to me, I think. Yeah. But yeah. the, the so thing is, from- with that, when you're in that sort of uh, uh, hard thing is that in when you're super busy, you know, we do you do more in a day in the summer than you do in a week in the winter. And I've always tried to put myself in a position. I always wanted to, with with Mama, to be able to keep people's jobs there, you know, not make it a seasonal thing so it's only open for six months of the year or it's only open for eight months or whatever. I constantly wanted to be open. And that's kind of what I sold it to the the council when I went in there, was to say, like, you know, try and get people down there. You know, I've always been a believer that if you've got something worth going to, that people will come to it. Um, but it's just been so, like, last, it was so brutal. You know, you work so hard over summer to make, to make a living and then you lose every penny of it basically over a winter trying to survive and trying to keep your staff which is just horrendous you know it's such a, a miserable way of thinking about it in your <laughs> it really is yeah. yeah and i think that's got harder over the years i think go back a few years and, and this has been interesting i think off the back of the industry almost opening up about how quickly it's it's hit catastrophe after the closure everybody pretty much has come out and gone you know how tight our margins are. Do you know how little cash we had in the bank? Do you know how hard the last few years have been? And I think it's been quite quite a relief in some ways to find out that, yeah, it's not that we're individually shit operators. It's just a particularly tough period. Yeah. And and it is pretty depressing. You know, our, our business model definitely five, six years ago used to be make enough in the summer, keep most of the team on for the winter because that way you could make more again in the summer but it has changed and uh, we were already looking you know after a tough winter before corona we were looking at right yeah you know are we going to have to restructure are we going to have to run a much leaner team in the winter are we going to have to close more in the winter than we want to just because i think the margins have changed and then and then corona has kind of you know just multiplied that by a thousand percent i think i mean uh, we had made the decision to close so from now on with mama we were going to close over our winter time it wouldn't even be worth us opening for like December because it's like it just although you're busy in December, it's not it's not worth getting a team back together and all this sorts of stuff. It was just it'd be simpler, which kills me to say, but it's simpler mm. just to you know go from I don't know end of uh, like March maybe. Well, I'm not sure. Sometime and then just do like six six eight months and come out of it at least with something you know rather than yeah. rather than just struggling to to sort of survive and like all, all you're doing really is i mean you're keeping incredible staff but you know i've got far too many gray hairs so i've got far too many <laughs> you know at least you've got hair my i remember uh, I, I was envious at the time but you're like the, the, my one consolation was at least it was gray but um, <laughs> yeah. still still far too thick uh, your team then when you spoke to them it must have been quite emotional i suppose that that first week when you sort of you you were coming up with these plans and the plans were probably changing on a daily basis but like you say i think we work in hospitality because we love people and your key thing was yes protect the business but primary concern for that is protect the people how was their response were they were they have they been grateful and supportive because it's still a tough time for them isn't it and the yeah. fact they're not getting paid although i guess they've been furloughed now they've been furloughed yeah um i tell you what my team have been incredible like every one of them i said to them at the beginning of time um, we actually closed 64 degrees just before lockdown. Um, and I said to the team, you know, I will do my best to, you know, I'll obviously at the end of all this, you guys have got your jobs, but obviously got the jobs. But if you want to go and find anything else, you know, I'll support that. I'll help you in any way I can. And every one of them said, no, nah, I'm coming back. You know, it's not, it's not even a question. I'm, I'll 100% come back. So they, they like, I love my team. They're such an incredible group of people. 
Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I think it's, 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 it's probably the key time that I've got emotional in this whole situation is, and, and I've got same, you know, just over 100 people. And the level of support, when fundamentally I was going out to them and saying, look, this was just slightly before the furlough scheme was announced. And I said, look, I, I can't do, the best I can do is, is try and pay you till the end of this month. And, and even that's going to be really, really challenging. But I will do everything I possibly can to pay you in full for the month of March. But I can't see any other way that I can pay you after that and that's an emotional kind of you know conversation to have with your team isn't it yet they were so supportive and so helpful and offering to come in and help for free and come in and help shut down the business and all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah it it reminds you i suppose of of what a lovely sector we're in which is good because as you've alluded to it's incredibly tough and tight margins and maybe you know we'll we'll come on to this but there's probably an inevitability that less restaurants are going to be in existence at the end of this than there are now and maybe there'll be a bit of space for those that that get through it i think Um, i think the key thing about you know, the team factor in it as well, you know, it's sort of, I've always appreciated my staff, you know, I've always done everything I can to, to um, treat them like gods, you know, that, that I've always thought that if you treat your staff with such respect, then you know, they'll treat you with respect. I haven't always been like that, you know, I have had my moments of being <clears throat> a bit of a knob, but at the same time, since I've owned my own business, I think I've always been extremely fair and I've always treated my team like they are my world, you know, and and I do feel like that. Um, I find it extremely. Ch- I, I do. I do find it upsetting to think that at the end of all this, chances are I'm probably going to lose about I don't know fifty to sixty percent of my team, and that's that's horrible, you know. So it's not a it's not a thing that I want to do, or I mean, every single one. Of them, Every single one of my team deserves to be working, or I'm honoured to work with them. You know, there's not one sort of pony in there. It would be easier if half the team were rubbish, but every single one <laughs> are fantastic. In the middle of the summer, that would probably have been the case, Michael. Once you'd recruited a load of temporary staff, you could have yeah. at least, you know, just been annoyed by some that, um, that that had come for the wrong reason. But you're right; the ones that you keep on for the winter are your core guys. I think aren't yeah. they? that you, you know, guys and girls that you you want to reopen with. And I suppose the disappointing thing. With our sector, isn't it? You know, it is. It's a it's a lovely bunch of human beings who 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 love smiling and looking after people and hospitality. You know, cooking is their thing. And and as things stand at the moment, it's very difficult to visualize. You know, the the, the time period I suppose for this sector to recover. And I'm thinking about masks and stuff like that. And you think, you know, hospitality is created through a smile, isn't it? So yeah. when you walk in the door and the barman you know, gives you a big grin and, you know, it's that welcoming kind of touchy feely environment. And the thought of walking in and seeing a, a, you know, a guy or a girl in a mask stood behind a perspex screen, that's not hospitality, is it? No. Anyway, let's hope we can come up with a better solution than that. So there must've been that, that, that presumably point of elation then between the, the Tuesday when Boris said, okay, don't go to bars and restaurants. And it, and it looked, you know, completely catastrophic. And then Rishi coming out and talking about the, the furlough scheme and looking after your team presumably that was a, a you know a, a high point i suppose in all this was it knowing that at least your team were going to get paid yeah massive i mean i spoke to all of them and i said you know i was going to similar to yourself you know i said that i'd look after them as much as i could and i mean to be honest then in mama we'd had such a horrific mu- month that i was kind of struggling to pay them anyway let alone closing and um it was yeah, it was such a relief, if you like, to thinking because you got to make you know you you almost start looking at people and thinking like it's almost like it, things are luxury, you know. Having when you start like breaking things down, you know, kitchen porters are one of the most important people in in, my, in the team. You know, I've got I've got such a fantastic couple of guys that are kitchen porters. One in particular is called Jordan. He's been with me for years, and um, you almost start thinking like. People come in and wash dishes is, is a luxury, you know. It's almost like the, the, the chefs are going to have to start taking that over, and how you can save bits here and there, and and all that sort of things, and and to know that, I suppose at the end of the day, even if it's for however long, knowing that the team are are, um, are getting paid, I don't know how long it's going to be closed for. You know, everyone's sort of up in the air at the moment. I'm hearing it's going to be June, is it June? That the same. But yeah, yeah, even even that seems uh, yeah seems challenging. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back to that because there's a few dates kicking around. I think. Yeah, yeah, and just knowing that they're, they're going to be sorted. But then, 
you know, it, it, inevitably, once we once we open again, that's going to be the the challenging time because that's going to be the point in time that, you know, in, in brutal honesty, is that as much as I want to keep everyone, there's it, the the facts are that businesses probably I read somewhere that businesses are going to be probably running at a forty-five to fifty-five percent loss or difference compared to lower than what it has been previously. Which you know how 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 the how do you even work that out? I think in an industry where the margins are sort of, you know, if you're lucky to be making a profit probably in the last couple of years, but at best you you might be making, you know, three to eight percent. Then yeah, if you have a if you have a forty five percent drop in revenue, uh, doesn't feel like the the, the margins are going to work out very very no. well, does it? Which probably leads a little bit into into this government support. So you got the furlough. Did you qualify for any of the grants? Were your rateable values in the right yeah. section? Yeah, I got yeah? grants for both of them. That's good. Uh, yeah. But it's, so that, I haven't received the one from my actually I had a conversation um, confirmation from Mama, but uh, I know that sixty four has um, has been. That's good. Yeah. So I, I, my three venue, I think I could have qualified for seventy five k, and I only qualified for ten because two of mine were over the uh, the rateable value. So that was a bit heartbreaking. That's but I know insane. there's a lot of conversations. Isn't it insane? Yeah, it's, like it the, does feel incredible. Yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah. Can't understand yeah, maybe how... there's got there's, maybe there's got to be a cutoff, but one of mine, for example, is is fifty three k my rateable value, and the and the cutoff is fifty one, and the other one I've got is sixty five, and the other one I've got is is fourteen, so it was just below the fifteen k. So it was I almost thought Rishi had kind of you know orientated it around my personal circumstance. <laughs> uh, that's I just can't get I don't understand why they've why are people that have got a higher rateable value I don't understand that like it's not like you I don't it's not like anyone's making any money at the moment or. What's the benefit? Yeah. Like, if you're going to give twenty five thousand to that middle group, or as much as I'm grateful for it, like, what? Why not everyone? I know there is an irony that I'm I'm working my ass off at the moment trying to work out, you know, just how to keep my head above water. And yeah, I know some some sort of local uh, smaller cafes and stuff like that. They're having a lovely time. They're they're furloughed. They're at home and they've got they've got their grant, and uh, that will probably you know keep them keep them going. So it would be exceptionally useful to uh, to get that changed. I appreciate at a certain level. You know, I was chatting to. JD from Street Feast, and I think his rateable value is something like half a million quid. Well, a 25k grant, if your rates are half a million quid, is probably a drop in the ocean. But yeah. on a personal level, then yeah, would would make a you know a significant difference. Um, is there any other stuff that that the government you know that should be doing? Have you have you been involved in any conversations? I mean, there's been chats about a national timeout for a nine month rent free until January. There's been yeah. chats about trying to reduce VAT to either zero or maybe. Ten percent. Has anything sort of cropped up that you've seen where you think, yeah, you know, we as a sector, we're going to need that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, I'm on that WhatsApp group. That's the. I think that the. Yeah, having the obviously, I think the government's done. Yeah, I think it could be a lot worse. You know, let let me rephrase that. They've done. I think they've done quite a few things for businesses. I know there's certain categories of in, in businesses that aren't um, in the same category, but for myself personally, I'm talking about here, you know, they've, they've followed the team, which I'm happy about. We've got the 25 grand grant. You know, I, I think we need less. It's about, it's less about now. And it's more about when we start operating again for me, you know, like that's yeah. the time that we need support. That's the time that we need to be able to, you know, the reduction of VAT would be incredible, you know. Preferably to a zero would be would be amazing, but I doubt that they would ever do that. And then obviously having a rent free period again that would be that'd be amazing. I'm quite lucky because I've got the, the councils my my uh, landlord, so they've been pretty um, understanding about the whole thing. And I haven't had the um, you know the threatening email uh, letters and stuff. That I know that some people have had. Have they indicated whether they'll give you any kind of discount, or at this stage are they just not chasing you? They're just going to have an. I mean, initially it's just they've just said that there's there's no problem for three months, sort of thing. But um, yeah. but then obviously if it keeps rolling on, they didn't. They just automatically said like it's cool for three months. Don't worry about it. I don't know. Obviously, we need to pay the rent at some point in time. But you know, you'll need to. The only thing that I'm worried about is that everything that's happening is going to. It's going to end up being everyone's going to be an insane amount of debt. You know, like 
the loan that you can get, you know, I am considering something I have thought about toy drawing with my mind. Biggest thing for me, right? Mama, I reckon, depending on when we open again, because if it's, you know, some people are saying Christmas, and if we open again in winter, you know, as it stands, we run at a loss at winter. There's absolutely no point in opening. At 64 degrees, it's a 20 seat restaurant. It's tight, it's smaller than your airing cupboard. Do you know what I mean? It's like, You've got to almost hug the person next to you to to sit down, and I'm just terrified that I almost think like I'm going to do something. Else. I I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but in my mind, I can't open 64 degrees as it is, simply because no one's going to eat in there until there's a vaccine. Who's going to want to go and sit in a restaurant where you're inches away from someone? sitting in front of a chef who's, like you say, probably not going to be, I mean, I can't imagine the guys wearing masks and all that sorts of stuff. It's, I've just yeah. got no idea. Like, no, like 64 I, degrees yeah. is my, is the, you know, I don't have a favourite. I always tell people I don't have a favourite, but at the end of the day, I gave my life and soul. Like, I genuinely gave my life and soul to open 64 degrees. You know, I, I threw everything I had into it. I gave it everything and um i think that's what makes you appreciate something so much you know like for me the thought of not having it upsets me more than anything like i can't i can't be a, i can't sound stupid but it's almost like it's a part of me you know it's like it is my little baby you know it's like a, 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 not being able to do what we do there it's so hard so mm-hmm. then the thought process is either do we do we just because my rent is relatively cheap to be fair? Like, do I just close both restaurants, go and do something else, close both restaurants, and just wait until next year until until it all blows over? Is that an option? It could be crazy. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's good, and I think it's why I have these conversations. Is is it's good to know that you know other people are having the same thoughts. I, I'm I'm looking at putting a Seabills application in. And I've got a, you know, a spreadsheet for every possible scenario. And it's just ridiculous, you know, never before. I mean, forecasting is always a dark art, isn't it? Because, yeah, you don't know that Storm Kiara is going to arrive on a Saturday instead of a Tuesday. But uh. never before have I had so many variables and spreadsheets and 100% the same. You know, you look at it and you go, you know what? The best thing would be just to stay closed until next spring if there was some sort of support there. The, the, the problem is, is, yeah, my my rents are, you know, a, a, a huge what happens with the team and you think god yeah is it you know you, you just borrow more money to get into more debt to limp through to spring when all of that money is going to be going on staff and, and and rent that you don't need because the business is running at a loss yeah. or is it is it harder to start from scratch next spring and, and come out of it with maybe only you know three or four of the key people uh, and try and rebuild it from zero and yeah it's a toughie isn't it i don't i still don't know the answers i guess that's because we're working on this own unknown of when are we going to open and it seems to be whether there'll be a sweet spot in the middle you know the, the huge places you know like i say the, the street feasts that take thousands of people or the tiny little places where you've got yeah 20 people sitting sort of you know bum cheek to bum cheek yeah. that's a problem isn't it but even in the middle you go right if you've got to put all of a sudden you've got to move your tables two meters apart it's kind of like if you yeah, if you drop your uh, capacity by 50 percent is it viable this is this is the problem we've got for the entire sector isn't it? and i was looking at conference rooms in london where they say look normally we could get 500 people in this room but with physical distancing we can get 80 well we pay rent on on the fact we can get 500 in so if we can only get 80 in yeah so it's a it's a it's a mess i think for the sector isn't it as to how we come out the other side and what that looks like and how long it takes i think ultimately people love restaurants they probably love them even more now i think we're really realizing how what a social species we are and how we do really love our local bars and restaurants and maybe you know some good stuff will come off the back of this because ultimately you know we've had other plagues and illnesses in the past isn't it you know restaurants will bounce back it's just the support in place and the time frame i guess isn't it yeah i mean you say that but you know how many people are at home right now you know not much else to do probably either people that have got a, a fondness of cooking but never really have a chance to do it or people that don't really know how to cook and i thought they'd just have a go at it have probably done it and thought you know what i'm not bad at this and there's going to be people, I think the cooking at home thing is ramped up massively. You know, obviously people are, pro- uh, I would imagine, I mean, I, I know people that I speak to, my sister, you know, she's, I don't want to say she's she's not good at cooking, but she's not good at cooking. <laughs> Have you told her that before? <laughs> like, does she listen? 
<laughs> I won't. I, I won't just, send this to her. You know, she's just sort of even she's getting creative in the kitchen. You know, and I just think, God, well, if, she if is, your uh, sister's getting creative, yeah. we're we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it makes you think. You know, who's going to be? And the you know, there is still a lot of people that are uh, working. You know, from home and stuff that are still making their income. Um, and the amount of money they must be saving whilst they're in. Are people going to look at things and say? Maybe we shouldn't go out and eat so much, and maybe we should stay at home and cook. And you know, is this something that's going to happen? That's it. That is something that plays in my mind a little bit, just to just to think. I'm, I just can't do. For me, I can't do um, like a, a sixty-four version of a delivery service. You know, I know all these restaurants are, are doing that. I just can't. In my mind, I can't see how it would work for me. You know, like yeah, because of the quality of the food, or. Well, just everything, you know, like the expectation probably of what people would expect to get. And, yeah, the, the food quality to be able to, to package it up, the cost of starting up that, up that as well of, you know, of something that might only be a a guess, you know, rather than just honing in on what I think we're good at. You know, I think um, Mama is different. It can have areas where you could be spaced out you know it, it might be able to achieve something that's like a a takeaway service sort of thing but 64 just it's just a different beast you know it's sort of it's something that i think people go to for special occasions and you know it's got that sort of thing you know the whole thing about it is the social side of it you know the music's pumping the exactly people are that's what you can't fun. recreate at home yeah. Michael. when you say people will do it at home you know you know what it's like when you walk into a restaurant and you hear you know it's, you feel the atmosphere in a restaurant that you can't recreate that i don't think in your dining room or in your kitchen the buzz of people dashing around the cocktail shaking the kind of you know the, the barman shaking the ice in the cocktail shaker and the the, yeah, the noise of the music and the energy and the sizzling of the pans in the kitchen and it's it's so three-dimensional um i you know and, and i probably you know i love hospitality and i love the industry but god i probably you know crave it even more than i ever have just to f- feel that energy that you get you know you'd be the same down in Burma now with it's summer but this lovely weather we had I know if I went and stood at Urban Reef my restaurant now you know it, it would make me feel electric because of the energy in the room yeah. you can't recreate that at home with somebody on a push bike dropping no. off a, yeah. you know, a a box of uh, a box of food that's been sort of pulled up a hill on a backpack and shaken sort of you know for 20 minutes on its journey and it's it's lukewarm yeah and it looks like it's been through a tumble dryer it's um, it's a difficult thing to recreate so I'm, I'm utterly convinced that the industry will bounce back. I'm just really concerned that it might take a couple of years and, and you know, the government can't support. And, and I, I say a couple of years, predominantly, I suppose, you know, maybe, maybe it's a year until we're allowed to, you know, let people in in its, in the, in its current capacity, but it's the time, it's the amount of debt you get into to keep your business afloat. If margins were that tight, how do you, is debt the answer? If debt is mainly going on, on rent and team, yeah, how do you trade out of that and tiny margins on the other side? That must be the dilemma we're all facing, surely. Yeah. I think that's definitely, you know, I've been quite lucky. I've never really had to, um, I've never really had to get myself into a lot of debt with 64 Degrees of Mama because um, it was myself and I, I had a backer for 64 Degrees who's who's um, not with us anymore, but he was one of my all-time favourite people, my best friend's dad, and he sort of, he got involved. Had a, I had a belief that I could do something and he believed in me and sort of supported that. Um, so we didn't need a bank um, to open that, although I, you know, I obviously paid him back. But and then the money that we generated, we managed to open open Mama, and um, so I've never really been in debt as such. But um, yeah, it's, it just doesn't fill it doesn't fill me with excitement to think that's my option. You know, like I, I really. I don't know. I'm just massively stressed. I think everyone on the planet that has a restaurant is thinking, what the hell are we going to do? Yeah. Because it's, I feel guilty for making you have this conversation. I didn't phone you up to make you depressed. <laughs> yeah, no, come on, let's come on to some good stuff. I was, I was happy before this. You know, I was playing with my kids and stuff. <laughs> That's why people say no, Mark, to be honest. I don't, I, I don't want to speak to you at the moment. I've got, I've got, but we're going to come on to some. I've got a tear to my. Yeah. Sorry, let's go into yeah. the positive stuff. 
Well, so so this sort sort of positive potentially. So yeah. Talking about the, the sort of challenge of the internet, I don't know the scene specifically in Brighton, but what we have seen in the last few years is is the hospitality industry, in many ways, dom- dominated by this sort of VC backed growth in what I would describe as fairly beige, generic kind of chain restaurants that have cropped up all over the place. Um, do you think that I, I suppose it's, it's who comes out the other side of this, isn't it? You know, if is it going to be those guys that disappear and maybe we create a bit of space for the local kind of community restaurants? And actually, that's what the communities crave again now is that local kind of community space. Or, or is it is it the local guys that, that go under and, and we and only the chains can survive this? Have you given that any thought? You know, I think about this quite a lot. And that is, that, um, I think, Brighton. I believe, I might not be factually correct here, but I believe it's it's in this region. Is uh, there's more restaurants in Brighton, par- Parson, than there is anywhere else in Britain, or the amount of pe- you know there's there's more restaurants in in Brighton for the size of the space, the the size of Brighton compared to anywhere else in Britain. I believe, and based off of that, you know, the mar- the market does get saturated with. It's a very similar idea, you know. There's there's quite a few. If if something's successful, people do jump onto that, and so there's a lot of independent restaurants, but there's a lot of samey samey restaurants as well. You know, there's a lot of without. You know, I'm not talking down anyone or anything like that. But my worry is that it's not just going to be the the brands, and it's going to be everyone. You know, it's going. It, it, I don't know who is going to come out of this. You know, it's it's either going to be people that have financial backing, or it's going to be. I mean, there's a hat and there's. Yeah, that's a tough question. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that the amount of restaurants that come out of this in Brighton is going to be. It's going to be a, it's going to be brutal for everyone because, you know, like the the, the style of restaurant. Put it this way: the style of restaurant that you can get in Brighton. Similar to sixty-four degrees, there's probably ten, maybe more, maybe more restaurants than ten. You know, that do either like a small plate idea or you know the open kitchen ideas or whatever else. And out of that ten, how many are going to survive? You know, if people can go like, oh well, there's this place, or there's that place, or there's this place, or there's that place. You know, people just not everyone's going to walk out of this. And is it only going to be people? Is it only going to be a certain amount of pizza restaurants, a certain amount of burger restaurants? a certain amount of, you know, fine dining restaurants and a certain amount of whatever else. Like, I just can't get in my mind who is going to walk out of this. Because, and I think also most restaurants are going to have to reinvent themselves. You know, like, I've already had a few ideas about what to do to, you know, like, I can't put up little metal, little plastic things in between everyone. You know, I can't, I can't do anything like that. So I'm thinking about doing something slightly different um, away from the 64 Marmar idea and just try to ride this ride this out for a while you know, you know the most important thing is for me to be able to keep the businesses yeah absolutely in my, you have to share those ideas Michael or are they uh, are they confidential at this stage do you know what they're confidential at this stage just because <laughs> I've actually <laughs> you'd like to do them first yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the one idea that I have that, that I'm not going to tell you about is, is basically okay. It's basically an idea. When I fast opened 64 degrees, I did this dish. And with this dish, I started off and I loved it. And then by the time that we all pissed about with it and made it, you tried to jazz it up, it, we absolutely ruined it and I ended up taking it off. But that one dish sort of planted an egg in my head. And it's, you know, six years old now. And I, for six years, I've just been thinking about this other idea. And, I, you know, like people like... Um, I might have said this before, but people like um, David Chang and all those sorts of guys in America, where they, you know, I really loved what he did previously. I know it's all changed now, and it's all he's got multiple things. But previously, when he had like each of his restaurants that he did was different, and I really loved that. I think we spoke about that last time we spoke, but it's like so he doesn't. Rep- I know he has now, but like he had core and then. Um, the noodle bar, Momofuku noodle bar, and then Sam bar and all those sorts of things. But each one was sort of slightly different that specialised in something. And I thought that was such a great idea. But then he also had his Michelin stars and stuff. And I just thought, um, I really thought it was a great concept, you know, and having, it's more about his brand, if you like, rather than it being 
you know, so I, I mean, I tried to do another 64 degrees and I failed at that. And when I walked out of that, I thought, you know, to do certain things, you're, you're, to give something 100%, it's very hard to replicate that thing and give it 100% to, with like the amount of energy and I want to say the word passion, although it's not, it might be passion that you put into these projects, you know, like to do something as intense as 64 degrees, it's got to have a, you know, the guy's change menu is quite regular. It's quite, it's very interactive. And to recreate something like that is just not possible. Not possible for me. I'm sure it's possible for someone else, but I can't, you know, I can't split myself in two places and I can't, I can't drive the team in two places to, to you know, I, I can only train people as much as they're willing to be trained. And uh, it's a it's it's a particularly complicated model, I guess, which people don't appreciate, isn't it? This is why I describe the sort of rollout stuff as beige, because you can't do that. You know, if you're changing your menu every day and you've got a small team and limited covers and yeah, you need to be in there and sort of driving it and, and it's particularly, you know, in, in the reality of the world where also you've got a hit margin and turnover tables enough to actually make it it viable. It is incredibly intense. And I, I was I was trying to get to a to a positive point. And and if if for me, if something positive comes out of this, you know, I, I do think we needed to make some space in the sector i do think it was saturated and 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 it was becoming a a little bit mediocre because everybody was just trying to make a living and actually if it creates some space for things like 64 degrees and that community i was chatting to a farmer the other day and and he was you know looking at some farming in a much more holistic and sort of you know planet friendly way And and the local farmers were saying to him well you know there's no way you can feed the world if this is how you farm and he said well i don't want to feed the world i just want to feed my local community and you can run restaurants like like yours and maybe mine in in a local community, but you can't roll them out because yeah, they just require too much energy. So if we create some space for restaurants with the right level of energy, and the community are sort of there and they want to support, because certainly again, locally, I've seen the local bakery and the green grocers and and the the high street kind of butchers having a resurgence and being busier than they've ever been, and, and there seems to be this sort of feeling of gratitude from the community that these guys are there and, and you know this local greengrocers does delivery but nobody ever knew because they just used to use the supermarket but they can't at the moment so i'm hoping there's going to be this sort of groundswell and you'll remember this you know it was the point that this podcast being called the humans of hospitality and not the brands of hospitality is that for me you know life on planet earth is about humanity and about human beings and all i you know keep trying to use the word physical distancing rather than social distancing because i've almost never seen the local community more social and more looking after each other so as a eternal deluded optimist you know i really do hope that this creates some space for for interesting quirky energy filled vibe sort of you know yeah restaurants and bars that are awesome and not the same everywhere (laughs) i hope so I hope so massively as well, you know, but, you know, I don't want to bring this conversation down a level. I was just trying to cheer you up, Michael. Come on, that was all bullshit, but I just wanted to make you smile. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the something I'm extremely worried about as well is the fact that the amount of unemployment is going to be, it's, it's going to be humongous, you know, the, the, the amount of unemployment is going to be in areas. It's going to be um, until we come out of this. However it is, whatever happens... I think we're all uh, I think we're all in for a rough ride but I'm I'll be honest I am pretty optimistic about it in the sense that I quite like a challenge as far as the restaurant industry goes I quite like rethinking things the one negative thing I'll say about 64 degrees is that we were very sort of consi- I don't that's not a negative consistency but we were very sort of um we just rolled safe, possibly, yeah. But it was just like we just did our thing, and we just kept on going with that. We knew what we did. It was just like we did it. And this has kind of made me think: when we come back, we're going to come back with a bang, and we're going to come back stronger than we ever have done. And um, that's a matter. That's the Michael I want to hear. Yeah. Come on, Michael. <laughs> I've got images now of you sort of painting wall paint on your face and <laughs> slipping back yeah, your hair. You're going to exactly. run out of the room in a minute I'm... to your wife and your kid and go, man, I'm feeling pumped. Whereas, whereas 10 minutes ago, I was slightly worried that you were going to be leaving the room sobbing. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll almost have to end so that I so that I leave you on a, on a positive. But you're right. It's, I think it's weird as, as entrepreneurs, you know, maybe we don't describe ourselves as that particularly because it can sound a bit uh, you know, naff. But... Um, you know, we, we, we do thrive 
in that kind of, you know, the chaos of business and rapidly making decisions and stuff. I think that the biggest difficulty I've had in speaking to some of my colleagues is that we're very used to making decisions fast and pivoting and doing what we need to do. But this is the period of the greatest uncertainty because normally you can say, right, I've got this business idea. I'm going to launch it on this date. This is the marketing I'm going to do. But at the minute, we can't plan because we've got no idea when we're going to be allowed to open. But And, and that seems to be putting a lot of stress on some of the people I talk to because they've just not been in that position before of, 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 of knowing they need to make decisions a little bit like you say about bringing your team back and I'm much the same this sort of recognition that I'm probably only going to need to bring back half the people um, but I can't implement that at the moment because I don't know when it will be and also they're furloughed and the old point of furloughing people is that you don't have to make them redundant and you don't have to lose them from your book so yeah I guess we're in this really unusual period of limbo for business people who are used to sort of you know thinking of ideas and then acting on them aren't we yeah that's exactly it yeah you put the nail on the head <laughs> Good. There was no, there was, there was no, there was no question there. Um, whilst I want to keep you pumped and positive, I've seen a lot of stuff nationally. We've seen Leon kind of helping out the NHS. Is there any good examples in Brighton? You know, as a sector that's fundamentally on its knees, we seem to have stepped up and we're helping community groups. You know, chefs are going in and and trying to get involved and feeding the vulnerable and all that kind of stuff. Have you seen any good examples in in Brighton of the industry kind of? I suppose being a human, you know, humanity first rather than business first. Yeah, I've seen quite a few people. You know, I've, to be honest, I've kind of been focusing on other things but um i've seen a few restaurants there's one uh, not just one there's uh there's quite a few that i've been doing the nhs thing to be able to do like small delivery simplified things that they do at the restaurant and things which i think's uh it's really great um and i'll tell you what i am loving at the moment it's all the um the chefs cooking and then visualizing it there's a word I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Instagram. You know the Instagram? Yes, doing it online. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the live sort of broadcasts and stuff like yes, that. Yes, that's yeah. the words, yeah. So it's like, I absolutely love that. There's, there's a few times, there's a few things, you know, my kids, when I take my kids into town and stuff, there's a few places to eat at. And one that they absolutely love is like, it's a mainstream restaurant, but um, Wagamama's, the chili squid, my kids absolutely love that. And yeah. um, when I'm in there, I'll have the firecracker, uh, which is like a super spicy chicken thing with rice and yeah. um they put up on their facebook how to make it and i made it the other day just because i thought you know you nobody's getting out and i made i also made a version of chili pickle I put up on their thing um about the oxtail madras which is one of my top favorite dishes i've ever eaten it's in the top five favorite dishes i've ever eaten oxtail madras and yeah. i didn't i couldn't get any oxtails but i just did it with like braised beef and um oh, it was so good it was, I didn't make it anywhere near as good as them, but at the same time, it was so good. So these sorts of things, I mean, that's a benefit, I suppose, is, is sort of looking yeah. at the restaurants that you love and um, or dishes that you love and having little snippets of them, you know, and trying to recreate things at home. I'm quite enjoying, yeah. which is quite different for me. You know, I never really, I'm never really kind of passing that follows recipes and looking at something and trying to trying to recreate something that I enjoy is not something I've done before, I don't think. Yeah. I'm quite enjoying that. That's good. Are you getting some time? What does your What does your day look like? Are you Are you actually you're not You're not too much sort of you know buried under the uh, I don't know the process I suppose of shutting restaurants and planning for the future. You're actually getting to spend some time with your family and staying sane. Yeah, well, um, my missus does most of the uh, sort of financial side of things and the accountancy bits and bobs. So she's been dealing with the furlough side of stuff. Um, I've been I've been just doing my you know whacking on things, writing menus, those sorts of stuff. Genuinely, I'm a book nerd, you know. I'll, I'll look at, I'll stay in a book for days and I can just get inspiration from reading a magazine or whatever, you know. I'm, I'm very much, and I, I've been in the kitchen, even the simplest of tasks like making, I don't know, a fish finger sandwich, you know. I'll go and I'll make the bread and I'll go to the fishmongers and I'll buy the fish and I'll pan it on myself. And, I, you know, I make it like a, an hour plus process so i'm kind of i'm keeping myself busy by cooking more than i ever have done really amazing i'm i'm slightly sort of disappointed that i don't live closer to you Michael. <laughs> yeah. be, uh, we could have done this in person two meters apart obviously but oh god I'd, I'd like a fish finger sandwich that'd be delicious yeah, yeah. um well, look, you know, thank you because you've been very honest and candid and it's been interesting doing these podcasts because I started doing these sort of COVID special, I suppose, responses pretty much straight away you know, as it was happening. And it's been interesting sort of 
you know, because because of the, the longer it goes on, unfortunately, you know, when we first started, it was like, right, you know, we're shut for three weeks, maybe we'll get to reopen. And then it was like, okay, we're definitely shut for longer. And now it's like, oh, my God, we could be screwed for a, a really long time. So it's been it's been interesting as you know, the conversations have, have ebbed and flowed from, you know, really positive to negative. And ultimately, I think most people think they'll come out. And, and even though, you know, I can hear the uncertainty with you, and rightly so, because I share it completely. But fundamentally, I think we have cooking and hospitality and looking after people and, and the buzz of restaurants in our in our bones and in our DNA. And it's likely that we'll come out with something on the other side. So good luck on that on that journey of contemplation. And I hope you come up with something awesome. And I'll come back when you're willing to talk about that idea that you've got publicly. Um, <laughs> yeah, where should yeah. people go, Michael, if they want to follow what you're up to? Are you active on social media at the moment? Or yeah, is that, yeah. And, and is, it, is it happy? Kind of highs and lows. I'm mainly, I'm mainly making things for my kids, you know. I'm making like meringues for my kids and profiteroles and that sort of stuff, which I've been posting on social media. Donuts I made the other day, which were incredible. Um, and so, yeah, I'm at Chef Michael Bremner, and then you've got 64 Degrees. Chef at 64 Degrees and Mama underscore restaurant, I believe. is the. But then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these things. You can find us. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll put some. Uh, I'll put some links in the show notes as well. But um, anything we've not covered, Michael, that you would like to talk about, or are you happy to go back to your uh, to your day? Do you know? I think we've covered quite a lot. I, I basically think what we've gathered from that is that we don't have a clue what's going on, and we're just. Uh, <laughs> <I think that's laughs> we're just you chilling out. If you, yeah. If you've got this far in the podcast, you should probably just rewind, pretend that you hadn't listened, <laughs> go back to your lives, and realize that we've we've imparted nothing useful yeah. whatsoever. We've not. Um, we've not saved the world or anything today. We've just openly admitted that we have got no idea what's going on. That's that's fundamentally God. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll I'll edit it and I'll put this at the beginning, and then people can just listen on if if they feel particularly motivated. But yeah. uh, now look, I, 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 I love chatting to you, Michael. You're you're a good guy. So look, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, best of luck with your plans. Cheers, you too. Okay, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. As Michael indicated there, we have probably imparted no useful knowledge whatsoever. Uh, But we've had some fun, we've had a good chat, and I really hope you enjoyed uh, joining us for it. So thank you for sparing the time. Uh, Pop to humansofhospitality.co.uk and I will pop up the links to Michael's pages and some uh, links to the podcast itself and also the link to Patreon uh, if you can become a supporter of the podcast that would be hugely appreciated but for now thank you so much and tune in again soon for another conversation